game podcast from Ball Entertainment. I'm always Mike. And I'm always Darren. And today we're going to be talking about video gaming in 2017, which was, I think for many years, a sort of a banner year for video games. Sort of a big resurgence of the big, impressive game, as opposed to sort of like, we've had runaway years with indie games. This year, I think, AAA came back into the fold. And yeah, it was pretty good, Darren. But what was your take? Yeah, I agree. We've, we've waged some wars this year on, on video games. Um, which we'll talk about. Yeah, they that that was a hell of a thing I didn't expect, um, which bodes well for the future, I feel. But no, thankfully, um, everything's been pretty good that I've played. There's very few things on this list we're about to talk about where I've come away with a bad impression of it. Now, the thing is with video games, I think you've got a bit more information to go on before you buy it. Whereas films, because you want to go and see them day one, yeah, not as clued up unless you go and read the reviews in depth. I don't think I brought many of these on day one. I think most of them, um, I'll wait a little bit, see what the general feel of them is, and that helps me avoid a lot of video games that are crap. Because again, it's a lot more money to put down on a video game. I need to be sure. I only know of one game you brought on day one, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that one. Special circumstances aside. Um, but yeah, admittedly, there's only one game on this list that is a disappointment. Which, if you've gone and read our best of 2017 uh, everything else articles, you'll already know mine and Michael's favourite video games this year. We just thought we'd give you some extended opinions. Um, can I just jump straight to the worst of the year? Of course you can. Tekken 7, Michael. Good God. Right, I had long subscribed to the theory that all odd-numbered Tekken games are good, right? Yep. One, three, five, fantastic. Six, shit. Seven, I was like, well, it's about time. It's been ten years since Tekken 6, which still blows my mind. And I was full of hype, Michael. Good fucking God, is Tekken 7 not worth that weight (laughs) in the slightest? It's it's such an odd game that it tries to tell a storyline. Instead of doing what old Tekkens did, which everyone got a storyline, kind of, which is basically an opening video, a mid-boss where you get a bit more, and then a final video... They did away with that. Instead, it's completely focused on the Mishima clan to kind of tell the ending of their story. Hmm. Which I was like, okay, that's worked for games like Injustice, where they've been able to have a storyline that somewhat clumsily crowbars everyone in, but everyone's in there at some point, and it tells a, a relatively cohesive story. That's not what's happening here. Basically, Akuma turns up from Street Fighter, and no one's really all that fussed as to how. Um, <laughs> it's implied that he was banging Hitchai's wife. What, Akuma? Um, yes. Akuma okay. was banging, um, I can't remember her name now, but Hitchai's wife, who was dead but isn't dead because Devil Jean, because um, she had it and then gave it to Kazuya, you know, to Jean and um, And yet, you don't know who to root for. This is a problem in the Tekken games, admittedly, because all the Mishima clan are arseholes. Even Jin, who's meant to be the protagonist, is a bell-end in charge of a genocidal <laughs> company, right? But most of the time, you at least like Hechoi because he's fucking Hechoi. He's the big man Hech, right? No, no, no. No sympathy, no no logic, no cohesion. The fight against Akuma at the end is unbelievably hard. Is it sort of like Jim Patchy levels? Well, this is, it's different from that because Jim Patchy was cheap, but at least he was operating on Tekken rules. Because they've done this thing where they basically give Akuma his Street Fighter commands and haven't really given him a Tekken set, he can do moves that you just can't do. So, like, floaty kicks and, and these weird movements that are just off. Hmm. It's really, really weird. It's like it's like a Street Fighter character in a Mortal Kombat game. It just wouldn't work because they're two different ways of playing it. So he's unbelievably hard to beat. You've got to be the cheapest Kazuya possible to get past him in the end. And everything else just gets left by the wayside. It's got a smaller character roster than Tekken Tag Tournament 2 had. It's done away with a lot of people, including Anna, Bayak, Julia, Mokajin, Wang, um, Bruce Irving. All of these people are gone, up to and including Lei Wu Long is not in this game. That's a serious staple. From Tekken 3 all the way through. Yes, he was difficult to use, but everyone likes Tekken 2. Labour long was in, he Tekken, was in two. Tekken 2. My apologies. So he's been around for a very long fucking time, and yet he's gone. And in its place, we get shit like fucking Lucky Chloe, which is the worst 
way of trying to capitalise on like Americans' fascination with with anime and Japanese culture in general. Oh, it's cringy. Mm. You know, Tekken is occasionally quite cringy. I mean, it's not exactly known for its, uh, shall we say, performance when it no. comes to characters. Sometimes, no, but it beggars belief. It feels like a joke on the players, like a test of their psyche <laughs> to see how far it can be pushed. There is almost no good new characters in this. The um, Shaheen, the Saudi Arabian dude, he's pretty fucking cool. All the other ones, Gigas, this lucky Chloe woman, um, Jiggly Tits McFace. Um, Jiggly tits I can't McFace. remember her name. Good name. Uh, oh, it's just, it's the worst, Michael. By far and away the worst game of this year. So basically, if you were going to buy a fighting game from 2017, it should be Injustice 2, because it turns out that was pretty fucking yeah. good. Yeah, the first Injustice game was solid, and apparently this one's just carried that on. But even then, I imagine there's even better fighting games on the market right now. And the fact that they, they went and got, got Hellboy for their game. I'm like, right, yeah. they are blowing it out the water with the DLC. Mm. You've got Hellboy, you've got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you've got so many cool things. And on the other hand, Tekken has gone for guest characters of people you've never fucking heard heard of from really niche <laughs> video fighting games it's not like fucking Ryu's turning up and Scorpion's turning up it's like some guy called Goose yeah don't know bit, who that is bit weird but yeah it's it's not good no. avoid that game everybody I'm, I think I'm done with Tekken wow I don't need it anymore I just played Tekken Tekken Tag Tournament 2 is everything you could ever possibly need out of a Tekken game it's got all your favourite characters every single goddamn one of them and none of this shit included. I actually played the Wii U version of that game, which was really funny because you could have the Nintendo costumes for characters. And also there's a Snoop Dogg stage. Which oh, is a, yeah, the Snoop Dogg I stage is cool. I fucking love the Snoop Dogg stage. So like, I'm, I'm playing as Heihachi dressed as Luigi fighting on a, with Snoop Dogg on a throne <laughs> with Snoop bitches Dogg's, in the background. For Snoop Dogg's pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it's the best combination of things. Anyway, on to more shit. Oh. Uh, obviously, in, well, we can talk about this now because I, I didn't really play... A bad video game this year because I'm very selective with what I buy. Yeah, I always check that that you know the monetization and DLC practices are up to snuff before I support a game, which is why just in terms of a token nomination, I had to give the worst game of the year to Battlefront Two. Which uh-huh. can we talk about the <laughs> utter shitstorm we that this caused? Oh my god, the way that you described it as the uh, what was it like? We're not going to take it on repeat for like a <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <laughs> Reddit playing. We're not going to take it by Justice Sister for full blast for a full week. And just, no, 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 <laughs> not going to take it. And every time the end would come. But what about this that we're doing? Like, no, nope. no, no, we're not going to take it. it. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. So yeah, thanks Reddit for um, for essentially forcing EA to turn off the microtransactions, which apparently they released a statement to their shareholders after all this shit went down mm. going, don't worry, we won't, still won't lose any money. I'm like, mm, they don't need to be in there, do they? Hmm, no. Funny that. So yeah, well done for taking a franchise that is pretty much back to peak popularity because of the film series. Yeah. And just completely screwing it over. Battlefront 1, like the rebooted Battlefront 1, was bad enough. Yeah. I would defend its mechanics. Like, it's a mechanically sound game because it's by DICE, who know shooters. Yeah. But other than that, it's it wasn't great. No. This has now taken pretty much the same engine, just lifted it straight up and yeah. put it in a new game. And then gone, now you can pay to win. Thanks, guys. Didn't, didn't want that shit. But it just keeps coming back to the whole... I don't be good people making money, but there's a lot of video games that came out this year that had none of this stuff and were still successful. Unless we forget how much more successful the video game industry is than Hollywood. Mm. And they charge more for admission. Yeah. <laughs> on average, four times more for what you're buying from them. Yep. They're still selling great numbers. Um, Rockstar makes... More than a million pounds a day on GTA Online, which is an almost six-year-old game now. There or thereabouts. And they're still making money on that because of good practices and good relations with their with their player base. Yep. So why EA feels the need to do that? I cannot wait for the EA conference at E3 this year. <laughs> they might as well put an actual elephant on the stage <laughs> just to see what's going to happen. <laughs> Because you know they're going to have to bring it up. Oh, it's God. like when the, when the PSN network was down with PlayStation. Yeah. There's no getting around that fact. <laughs> you can't not mention it. It's been down for a week. <coughs> the PlayStation were, were able to turn that around and go, 
Whoops, we goofed. We fucked up. You can have two free games. Everyone's going to have two free games when you come out of this and all these other incentives. Free, free months of PSN. I don't think EA's going to do that, but yeah, if they even dare announce Battlefront 3 with anything less than like big neon letters <laughs> that the guy, or, or better yet, the guy's tattooed it on his arm, yeah. there will be no loot boxes. <laughs> they'd have to give that game away. Start again. They'd have to give that game away for free. To like start getting well, any good grace from the community. Not, I'm not playing devil's advocate here, but my brother is a much bigger fan of shooting games and this kind of stuff than I am, and he genuinely likes it. He, yeah, he's, he's not about the loot stuff, but him and his friends playing it online, saying it's a very beautiful game, which I don't think even the you know the hardest of its um, um, detractors detractors. Uh, Probably, uh, saying that against it, it is a very nice looking game. He said the mechanics are fine, the gameplay modes are pretty varied and fun to play. When you get to turn on a hero, it's pretty fun. They've got a lot of vehicles you can go and twat around in. It's genuinely a good game underneath, but it, that doesn't matter. It's undersold compared to the first one, mm. which is unbelievable for a for a EA sequel like this to, yep. to somehow go underneath. On the that. year of the most anticipated movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like you sold this on the year of the Last Jedi, which you know is in itself a mixed bag. However, yeah. we didn't want the game to reflect that yeah, at all. Yeah. It's not going well for EA with Star Wars so far, is it? No. Two lackluster Battlefront games, a mobile game no one cares about, and they pulled the plug on the Uncharted style Star Wars game. And they've already had a well. call from Daddy Disney telling them to book mm-hmm. up. So you know, you all know that ain't going well. Uh, Can we just get like just a decent developer on board to make a, a Star Wars game? Like the guys behind Infamous, I'd like to see Sucker Punch take up a, a Star Wars game. That, that would be cool. That could be a thing. I'd be alright with thing. that. Yeah, uh, but I, I can see where you're coming from. I did play through the storyline mode, and I think it was fine. I was playing on PC, so I was a little outside my comfort zone. Mm. And it does kind of this whole "You're the Empire," you're not. You're the Empire for two missions. And then she has a change of heart. I'm like, wait, maybe genocide's bad. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? A whole new world. And then you're just <laughs> talking off the rails then. Oh, God. Right, we'll just quick fire some other games that we played before we get to talking about our favourites of the year. Yeah. Which might be pretty predictable. Pretty, pretty predictable. Let's talk about some other games that we played this year. Um, There was a new Ghost Recon game that came out in 2017, uh-huh. Wildlands, that seemed to get a lot of flack. And I don't understand it because it was genuinely a very enjoyable experience. Mm. Um, I mean, they've kind of jumped the shark a little bit by putting the fucking Predator in it. Although I'm not going to lie, that's still fucking cool. I've put the Predator in it. Yeah, so like you know the, the setup for Wildlands, don't you? That it's like a big, massive open world yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can go and do Ghost Recon things. Uh, but then they just drop the Predator in the world. Like. Okay then, that's fucking cool. So you can you can try. Can you and... play as the predator? No, you got to take down the predator. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm on board now. Yeah. Cool. But no, it's other than that, it's a pretty solid game. Better with friends. Alone, it's a bit a bit right. shit. I okay. will say that it's meant to be played online with other people. Mm-hmm. We we play with. Uh, like I play with two other people, and that's that's a lot of fun. Although most problems can be solved with helicopters, which I'll admit, it isn't exactly the most covert thing in the game. Probably not now. No, but most a, problems. A very good life lesson. True. Most yeah. problems can be solved by military helicopters. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Um, okay, I'll throw in a quick mention for uh, I think I'm gonna put Pokemon Ultra Sun in here. Okay. Because it's uh, it's admittedly a very good game because it's based on a very good game but it's very closely based on the video game. It's not a black and white 2 situation. Mm. It is a straight-up remake with small, pretty inconsequential changes to the storyline and, and where you, you meet things. And what they've added in, I don't think really makes it worthwhile. So that'll be all the post-game Ultra Beast stuff that they've changed. Yeah, so you get uh, four new Ultra Beasts, well, two brand-new ones, and then one that evolves into another one. Um, and you get uh, the Team Rainbow Rocket stuff as well, which is essentially just a boss run, um, beating up the, the various heads of the crime gangs throughout the series, which is fun, a nice trip down um, for Nostalgia Lane, but mm, mm. I, it felt I was skipping a lot of the story. And that's yeah. not good in the game you've just brought to be skipping almost every cutscene straight away. Well, that's the thing. I think it came out too early. I think they've pushed, yeah. they've pushed it out the door because they're working on the one for the Switch. Yeah. Which is the one that will, and I quote, 
make fucking bank. Like, quote me oh, on that. Oh, good God, yes. It will make... I, I mean, the Switch is already having a fantastic year. We'll talk about the Switch. Yeah. Um, but that game will shift units and shift them in large numbers. Absolutely. When Pokemon Switch drops, it will be the biggest deal. Mm-hmm. So I don't to. blame them for doing that. But then, do they really need to make this... Is the Pokemon company short up on money? <laughs> After something? Sun and Moon. It just didn't After f- six months of Exactly. <laughs> it didn't feel like there was enough good, new good ideas to justify this as a, as a new game. Mm. What was here could have been added as DLC, like the Delta episode, I think. Adding the Rainbow Rocket and the, and the four new Ultra Beasts, I think that would have been fine as a, as a, from free DLC. But this is the thing. Because I want all of them, Michael, I then had to go out and buy this game because I need those new Ultra Beasts. Yeah. And I still haven't got them all. I got Marsh Shadow. Um, I got Marsh Shadow before Ultra Sun came out, but yeah. that doesn't count then because I know there's more Pokemon coming, <laughs> and they haven't announced when they're going to release the new Marsh Shadow, the weird electric tiger-looking thing. Yeah. So the dream is still, still not accomplished, Michael. No, and then we'll get to Switch, and it's gonna. Be... You, you know unless, what? I don't unless, care. That, unless that thing's a generational remake, it's gonna be. It's gonna be back to square one. It might be. Hopefully not. I've got some ideas for what they could do. It might be a brand new game. It might be the Diamond and Pearl remake. It might be the Gen 1 remake we all want. We don't know, but I guarantee there'll be some new ones. Uh, there's a Godcast Mall episode in that anyway. We'll, we'll look at doing that. There is. Um, I will uh, keep up this tennis game, and I'll just quickly mention, before I go on to talk about another game, I'll just quickly mention that Pokemon Go has had a very eh year. It's been okay. We've got Gen 3 now, which is nice. Yeah. They've revamped the battle system, which is just exactly the same. It's really not that different. Right. They've done some graphical overhauls, which is needed. They've. Mm. St- it's still riddled with bugs, Darren. It's still a riddled game. I will say mine's running a lot smoother. I have upgraded my phone recently as well, which may have helped into, but it is running a lot smoother. And... Oh, yeah. R- yeah, there's no... It's not crashing. But no. But there are still, like... Um, there's a bug where, like, whenever you transfer a Pokemon, it immediately goes straight back up to the top of the list. Yeah! That's annoying. Yeah, real that, annoying. That needs to be fixed. Um, but no, they, they've got better at announcing things. We've got a new event coming up in a few days at Community Day. Oh, fuck. Have you actually read about that? No. Oh, good God. So, like, you have a three-hour window to catch a surfing Pikachu. Like, you, oh. and you can only catch it in parks. So, like, the game obviously knows when you're inside grassy locations. Oh. So you've got to go to your park between, I think it's 11 and 2 on the 13th of February, something like that. Right. And that's the only time you can catch it, and then it's gone forever. But that's a lot. That's the one thing I will complain about for Pokemon Go, is that the raid times and the fact <laughs> that they aren't repeated. <laughs> now, I know why this has annoyed you most of all. Yeah, because of Entei, and I missed Entei. I was going to say Mewtwo. Oh, oh god, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I got a freaking EX raid invite on the day I was going to London. <laughs> I could have had a Mewtwo. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, the texts were quite beautiful. The uh, begging. I was so panicked. <laughs> Please, Darren, go and get Mewtwo for me. If, it, I, if I hadn't have been busy, I would have done you a solid, but unfortunately I was busy too, so I couldn't go and fetch him. Oh, God, uh, that sucks. Plus, I am very bad at raid battles, it turns out, so... Yeah. Was it better to have never had it at all, or lost and loved? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was nice to get. It was nice to see what the EX invite looks like, but here's the thing. I don't have an incentive to go out and raid alone. Like, I, I do work in Birmingham, so we get to raid a little bit. Yes. But, like, I'm probably going to miss Groudon. Groudon's ending soon. Yeah. And I haven't been. I haven't even seen a raiding party for Groudon. No, I I walk through the middle of Birmingham and when everyone is quick kicking out. And when it was the first raid battles, when the when um, Luigi and the and the legendary birds were out, everywhere you went there was a good sized number of people trying to take these things down. Yep. I think we really saw the end of it with the Ho Ho one. I didn't catch Ho Ho because no one was really. Oh no! Trying. See, ho ho! I saw quite a lot of raiding parties. I've got two oh. ho hos, so like, mm, you know, again, um, like, I just stumbled upon two. I was like, oh, that's a lot of people. Oh, got it again. Sweet. No, I haven't seen anything in Italy, so I think it's a bit on the wane. Yeah, I think the, the novelty's wore off again, so they need to think of something else that will. Well, they're, they're, the they're trying back. to put that true AR in, aren't they? So, like, for Apple device at the minute, like, you can do an AR mode where it's like. It physically locates it in the world and you can walk around it and see the model uh-huh, like that. Right. But it's very limited and it's very primitive in its right. in the way that it works. Anyway, that's supposed to be very quickly about Pokemon Go. I'm going to talk about a game 
that I did like that I'm sure that neither you nor anybody listening to this podcast has played, but I want to bring it up because I like it. Go on. Kamen Rider Climax Fighters. Oh, Christ. I like my Kamen Rider. This was a good fighting game for the PS4. Uh, and it's so... It's for such an alien concept for most people to, to, to just prove how approachable this fighting game is. My girlfriend is mad into it. Like... Super, we're really enjoying fighting against each other on it. Marry her. <laughs> you found her, Michael. Marry her. Unfortunately, she's a spamming motherfucker. No matter how she's getting done, Michael, she's interested. Okay? <laughs> Christ Almighty. Oh God. Now it's it's super good. Um, it's weird to think that here's the, the problem though. The problem with that game, and is this is only going to affect me, and literally only me. Go on. Uh, the online is regional. So I tr- I go and because yes, ah, you, can get, you do online matches, right? Uh, but lit- I must be the only person in the country that owns the game. Oh, so Christ. literally, it's just me in an empty room going, "Hello, <laughs> would anybody like to play?" <laughs> it's uh, it's a little sad, Darren. It's, um, right, yeah, I'll just write through the ones that were good, but not good enough to meet my top three. Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy, but yeah, fun, great, exactly what it needs to be. Slightly harder. Yeah. Also, yeah. they released that um, Lost Level, didn't they? I haven't played that one Fuck. yet. Yeah, I imagine It's so. Slippery Climb on crack. I don't oh, like it. Oh, Christ. It's good. It's good quality, but... <laughs> Run. Um, yeah, exactly what I wanted, but I'm, I'm ready for more... I'm ready for new Crash now. Yeah, surely I, the, the fact that this was sold out for weeks yeah. should be an indication that we're ready for a new Crash yeah. game. The litmus test has gone well. I imagine it's sold pretty fucking solidly all around the world, so... I think E3 will get the first hint that, yeah, we're going to do more. We, new Crash is coming, don't yeah, we, everybody? And maybe a hot Spyro re-release, please? Well, like, I don't know. Like, like my Spyro back. I don't think Spyro ever really had the same momentum that Crash did. It was always the Digimon of the situation. Like, people like Spyro. True, but, you know, this but is they like Spyro 1, and, and they liked it because it... But and I mean, 3, actually, yeah. The first three were great. I don't see it personally, Michael, but you hold out hope. Um, but he was more ready. I mean, he's still the Skylanders thing, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's in the Skylanders, which is... So, know, I mean, so. he's not hes not the main star. He was the star of the first game to try and launch it, and then the kids really like the toys, and they're, the, they're their own thing. Right. Skylanders are very much their own Didn't thing. Didn't they crash to Skylanders? They did. Ah. In a bit of a weird twist. Right, okay. But that happened. But don't worry, Crash is a big boy. He can handle his own game, so it's yes, good. Yes, he can. Um, I played FIFA 18. It's a FIFA game. It's a FIFA uh, game. And just missing out, it was on the top three, and in fact is in my written version of my top three, because I haven't had a chance to update it yet. Save part the fractured but whole. Mm. Good. Real good. Made a lot of smart improvements over the first game that I think was necessary. I think the combat engine's better. Um, I prefer the superheroes to the fantasy aesthetics, but I don't think it was as funny. Mm. Which a real big killer bluff is. It's still funny, but it's not as instantly classic as the first one was. It's more mired in the safe part writing of right now, whereas I don't really feel like you had to be up on much to play the first game, other than like general knowledge of the safe part. Yeah. Whereas this one, there's quite a few callbacks to stuff that's happening in the show. Well, I right mean, obviously, name. you get more out of the games if you're a fan of the series already. You do, you do. But I felt like it therefore lacks a bit of the timeless quality of the first one. Yeah. In comparison. So, um, yeah. And it's... The hand of DC, DC, DLC is in there. Mm. Canada's locked off. There's a wall. Oh, no. Which is quite funny that you just walk up to... Because you, you can go to Canada and you walk up the same way that you went in the first game because it's the same map. And there's just a wall with a little Canadian guy on top saying, you can't come in here, buddy. Um, <laughs> which is quite funny, but still, I don't get to play in Canada. Um, and there is DLC available. And in its biggest crime, Michael, mm. and I'm going to let you into a little secret I was going to do. We never actually got into reviewing this game, but I went into Forbidden Planet a few weeks before it came out. There was a Mintberry Crunch t-shirt that I was going to buy for you and Aww. give it to you on the show. Amazing. However, Mintberry Crunch is not in the game. What? Nowhere is it to be he's seen. Too overpowered? I think because he's DLC. Yeah. I have the feeling. He's mentioned you go to his house. I didn't know he was the brother of the goth fat girl. Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't know that, but they are brother and sister. So he's there and you go in his room and you see his picture and stuff, but he's <laughs> not in the game 
at all. Oh, that sucks. So he must be in the DLC that's coming up in in a couple of months' time. I don't think they've released a proper release date for that. No, but, but I mean, yeah. a South Park game is just when it's ready, really, isn't it? I know, but I don't want to, have to play DLC to go and get Mint Berry Crunch. I don't know. Yeah, I want the pair of Mint and Berries with a satisfying crunch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the best that's the power- weirdest argument ever. The best power set. <coughs> <coughs> A couple of quick fire ones from me. We got a new a Destiny game this year. We got Destiny 2. Um, they microtransactioned it to shit and have completely just really dicked over their community. So uh, bad props to Bungie. Bring so, on Anthem. Seriously. Yeah, mm, I mean, I'm not sure about that. Me you know, neither. You know who's publishing that shit. So, you know, it's EA. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. But it's mm. Bioware. I know it's Bioware. But, you know, you Bioware. Like Bioware. Bioware also brought out Mass Effect Andromeda in 2017. Oh, as it turns yeah. out, that was disappointing. So, ah. not that I would know. I didn't really play it. Um, speaking of things that had sequels, there was Metroid Samus Returns, which we haven't played yet. But, oh, I haven't played that yet. But it's a Metroid game, and it's a proper 2D, oh, no. 2D, you know what I mean? Side-scrolly Metroid game, Metroidvania. So, all good. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, there was a new one of those. Apparently, it was complete not a dog shit, so I'm going to talk about that. Near Automata, I haven't played it. I damn well want to play it. Because apparently it's a huge opus of a game. Okay. I'm very much looking forward to playing that. Really inevitably goes on PS Plus, to be honest. Yeah. Then again, it sold really fucking well. Like, w- way more than I thought a Yoko Tano game would actually sell right. for. Okay. So maybe I actually, we'll actually have to cough up the cash for this one. Mm-hmm. But it looks pretty, pretty good. Sonic had two games out this year. I did, yeah. Mm. One of them supposedly excellent, and the other one... Well, it was fan, no, it was fan fiction, so you know, ah, right. literally had to create your own character thing, and everyone's OCs do not steal can make it into the game. Right, okay. It looks, st- to be honest, 3D Sonic games, I think we were kind of kidding ourselves that they were ever good. I'm just going to guess that Sonic Team made the shit one. Yes, obviously. Right, Sonic right. Team don't know what to do with Sonic, which is ironic when you think <laughs> about it. Um... There was a new Splatoon game. I didn't really have a chance to talk about Splatoon at any point. No. But I want to say Nintendo actually do a really good job of making a shooter that feels tangibly different. Right. And offering a fantastic new experience. So the fact that we're getting maybe too soon, but we're getting Splatoon, we got Splatoon 2 this year, is amazing. I'm very, very happy with that. Uh, And there was a new Yakuza game as well. Now, I will admit, I don't play Yakuza games. Right. They seem very much up my alley. But uh, but never never got into them. Mm. But I can see why people would. And I think the excitement for Yakuza 6 is going to be going to be because we had Yakuza 0 this year it's going to be very much like the Kingdom Hearts 3 one where it just goes vertical right so it's like where is this where is this game are you making this game right okay Uh, and yeah that's about it Uh, let's just move on to the ones we actually do want to spend a decent amount of time talking about our top threes right at my bronze medal position having platinumed it two hours ago (laughs) having played it solidly since Boxing Day Assassin's Creed Origins. Wow, okay. Didn't right. expect that. And neither did I, because, you know, Syndicate... I like Syndicate. I don't know why everyone rags on Syndicate, especially compared to fucking Unity, which is a right piece of shit. But they smartly took the time off to partly look at the movie. Mm. Um, <laughs> and and to give it a bit of a chance to refresh itself. And they've done that by going back and doing this prequel. And they've changed things. And I don't know if it's necessarily a change for the better in terms of if you prefer the kind of way it came to very tight combat controls to basically just Dark Souls, but easier. So it's a lot of rolling and then smacking with sword as hard as you can. There's no real finesse anymore. You're not going blade to blade and counter shotting. You can deflect stuff with your shield, but I didn't really ever do that. I just paired him up and fucking hacked a slash. And it's a bit like Zelda Light in that you can, from the get-go... Once you've got past the, the opening level, you can go anywhere. It's a bit better at saying this. these are the suggested levels to go in this section of the map. Um, so you don't ever really go in there and get absolutely tated by stuff. But much like Zelda, even in the easier areas, you could occasionally find yourself against enemies that can just easily annihilate you no matter what you do. Mm. Um, and it was very addictive. I've played it every day since Boxing Day. Wow, fair enough. Willingly. And like gone, you, you want to go and find out all these little question marks, find out what they are. Some of them are like little puzzle scrolls you've got to go and find. Some of them are uh, camps you've got to go clear out. Then you get the animals you've got to fight. 
Um, yeah, you get to ride a camel everywhere. Always mine, nice. Mine was called Huarang <laughs> because you play as Bayak, and that's, oh, the, way, that's okay, the way it yeah. has to be. Um, yeah, it's genuinely a very. It's got a very solid story. Doesn't quite finish it well. The ending's a bit muddled because it has to be. It, it goes do, from do being. They have the future bullshit in this game. It's very. It, it, there is parts where you have to go back to the future to play as the woman who's playing as Bayak. Okay. That's like I think that happens three or four times, and every time it happens, like oh fuck this. <laughs> it's more subtle about it in game in yeah. Bayak's time. There is there is a, a piece of Eden that uh, is knocking about. It doesn't get mentioned till the final fight of the game, really. And some of the tombs you go in have like extensions, like conservatories yeah. that you can go into where the future shit is. Conservatory. Yeah. You turn the future shit on. A voice starts talking about Desmond Miles, and you can immediately get out of there and ignore that. <laughs> you're shit. like, oh, fuck. so you're like, right, you've unlocked the thing, you've got a little achievement for completing the location. Oh, there's the portal yet, so you get to buy. Well, the bloke's like, the, it's nine days since the end of the world, and you're like, yep, don't care, buy, boom, and he's there. Buy it makes no mention of this. There is a really weird Final Fantasy tie-in. Apparently, what? they put they put Assassin's Creed stuff in the latest Final Fantasy. Or fifteen. Whichever, yeah, which I didn't know about, but I think it's just like costumes and shit. Mm. But this one, right, there is like a, a special purple, like um, side mission marker, right? And I left it alone for a while, thinking, I don't, there's no indication in the key what a purple one means. But I wonder over there, and uh, you go into this room, it looks like one of the future temples, and it's got like got a puzzle. So I figured out the puzzle and all the good stuff. And you walk in there, there's a big flash of light, Bayak gets knocked out. And then a Final Fantasy character just walks out of this blinding blue light, looking like a Final Fantasy character. Then a flying metal dragon eagle man comes, right. blows up the temple and takes the Final Fantasy guy out. And then Biot wakes up and then he can get a Final Fantasy sword, a Final Fantasy shield, and one of the little clicky-clicky hen-hen things. Oh, the chocobos. Yeah. One, it's four-legged versions. So yeah. It's a camel with a cuckoo head. Oh, God. But yeah. That's odd. Really fucking odd. <laughs> That aside, and like I said, have the ending been... It's very subtle about it being an Assassin's Creed game until the last mission, where it's like, we need to be a creed, a brotherhood, you could say, of assassins that strike from the side to take down these people. And he drops a little bird. Oh, no, we should be called the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's real funny, though. Right? I'm not giving away much from the end of the game, but he drops, like, he's had, like, a little skull. The, ba- the basic conceit is, minor spoiler alert, Bayek's son gets killed before the start of the game. Okay. And it's, he's just bloody crusade to kill everybody. Bayek's a really good character, by the way. So basically, he's Kratos. Yes. His missus is fucking annoying, but Kratos is a fucking badass. Kratos? Um, <laughs> it works. Bayek is a fucking badass, right? Um, and yeah, he's carried around this little, like, eagle skull for the whole game, and he drops it in the sand. And when his missus picks it up after he leaves, it makes the Assassin's Creed Kratos, A with yeah. the, like, the jawbone stuff. I was like, oh, Christ. And then his missus ends up in Rome. Like, I'm setting up a bureau over here as well. We're going to be global, motherfucker. Um, this time next year, we'll be <laughs> So he did a good job of kind of laying the groundwork. <laughs> all I can imagine is fucking only fools and all his assassin's creed. <laughs> Just... You know you'd play the shit out of that Fuck game. Fuck yes. So yeah, it, it's in terms try, of a... Try to do one of the aerial assassins. Easy, Rodney. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them ideas, okay? Don't oh, give them ideas. And I'm glad they've done easy. this. It's a good starting point. It feels like a good... It feels like the start of the Assassin's Creed. They did a good job there. It's now just time to them to do what they should have done from the fucking start and go to feudal... Fucking Japan. It's got to happen. How the fuck has no one had the bright idea in Ubisoft to think, oh, fuck, ninjas versus samurai. <laughs> that could be quite easy to do, right? I, I have to think if they've done a prequel route, they've done that so they can go and do feudal Japan. And then you can go and do the cool ideas like doing fucking World War One and shit like that. But please give us the Japanese game already, okay? If we don't have to keep doing this getting closer and closer to the future thing, go and do Japan. Michael. That would be cool. Uh, so my number three game is, we were actually just playing it. Yeah. Um, it, it's Super Mario Odyssey. Woo! Um, a game that, that, admittedly, I've not played for an extended amount of time, but is very... Read three errors. <laughs> but is very clearly uh, capable and deserving to be on the, the best games listed mm. this year. Stunning 
uh, just presentation. Yeah. Solid 60 FPS even in handheld mode, which is amazing. Um, obviously, having the portability of a core Mario title is one of the great advantages of the Switch. Side note, the Switch is fucking incredible. Mm. But just fully delivers on all its promises. It doesn't have some features I'd quite like there, but, you know, it's it's less than a year old. It's still a little bab. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's already swinging with the bid boys. It's already outperforming the Xbox, which is yeah. my favourite thing. It's already outsold the Wii U in Japan. I mean, that does not shock me. Which is, I, I know, it's not exactly lofty goals. I think it outsold the Wii U in the UK in the first hour it was available. I know, I know. But the Wii U was out for several years, and for the Switch to already eclipse it in less than 12 months... We haven't had it for 12 months yet, Michael. That's, That's true. still a big fucking deal. Yeah. Um, anyway, Mario. It's super good. And the controls are very tight and they, they they work wonderfully. All the worlds are wonderfully detailed. I love the fact that the maps are actually maps. So like, mm-hmm. you pull up your map screen and it's actually got like lo- a location guide on the side. And it's got like little blurbs. It's just, the, the attention to detail and the yep. love and the craft of... A core Mario game is always clear to see, but I feel like we haven't had one that's been as good as Galaxy for a while. So, like, pretty much since Galaxy 1 came out. Some would argue Galaxy 2 was better. I wouldn't. It felt like DLC. I still liked it, but it's not as timeless as Galaxy 1. No. This is as good as Galaxy 1. It's right. taken them 10 years, but we finally got a good Mario game. We got there. We did. Well, we had to suffer through the fucking 3D land phase. And that can mm. fuck off. And the, and the new Super Mario Brothers. Wii U Final X Chapter Prologue. Yeah. Just constant 2D remakes. Just, we don't need them. This is what the franchise needed. Um, although some would argue that Mario can get away with, ab- ab- like, total murder. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact about Mario murdering things. He, the, the core concept of this game is brainwashing things and using their bodies to complete new tasks, which works surprisingly well. The capture mechanic's really cool. It's just a very cute game, a lot of fun, fantastic sound design to the point where the big the big band number, the ones in the trailers, uh, Jump Up Superstar, yeah. genuinely started just I started tearing up hearing it because of how good it was. It's it's just a really good big band number. It's awesome. Michael, I love this game. I, I, I get that Michael, but tearing up at a I have that uh, song personal reasons, but still fine. You know, um, I like hearing big band music done well. But no. I've only played it for 10 minutes. I found four moons, so... Yeah, the game is very, very like, littered with I don't, things to I don't wish to alarm you, but it might be Jesus. Because um, <laughs> I've already found four emphasizing in like 30 seconds. But yeah, I, I can see I can see what's going on. How people have put it at the top above what something we're going to mention in a minute, Yeah, I will never know. How anyone could consider putting anything above that this year, I don't know. But you haven't. So we're okay. Yeah. This makes up for you putting Gardens of Galaxy above Spider-Man, so it's okay. Fair enough. Um, right, second place. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be second place for you, but I feel like it would be. Probably not. Horizon Zero Dawn. It's not. Oh, we'll carry on. You played it before I did. I did, yeah. I was I was never that hot on it. I've recognised it's a great game, but I wasn't really that hot on it. I really liked it. And this was me coming off the hype of Zelda, right? So I, I had just played... Spoiler alert, the greatest game of all time, and this didn't feel like a massive crash down to earth. In fact, the only weaknesses it has is in comparison to Zelda, which is a bit unfair, again, because it's the greatest game ever made. So, Horizon, I think, story, fantastic. Concept, really good, Mm. and lends itself to so many sequels going forward, it's unreal. Um... Gameplay, incredibly tight controls. The because it, it's mainly arrows. You're almost entirely dependent on. You're not really meleeing stuff. You have got a spear to hit stuff with, but it's kind of as a last resort, and it's not very effective. Yeah, that's true. It's more tactical than any of these kind of Ubisoft stealth more than I thought there was yeah. ever going to be in that game. Of all these kind of Ubisoft blueprint games, I like to call them, it's probably the most tactical because you have to plant traps, plant bombs. Um, you have to tie stuff down with rope casters so that you can do all the stuff to chip off armour to make them easier. You can chip off the big robot dinosaurs' guns to shoot them with their giant robot guns. Yeah. It's so, so satisfying when it's working well. There are occasionally really cheap enemies. The DLC is very good and is a good, good extension of the game. Probably the best DLC I've played all year. Wow. Um, but it introduced a new, a new enemy type that is both really big, really fast, really good at range, really good close-up, and is quite cheap. 
So, so, so it's basically a Glintork combined with like. Yeah, it's basically a bear. It was right. the new the new thing. It's about the same. It's not as big as the T Rex, but it's in that kind of the wheelhouse. It's about the same size as the walruses, if you fought them. Yeah, but it's fast. It's got firepower. Like it can shoot fire everywhere, and it's no. There's no distance at which you have the advantage. So that's the only time it really got bad because it didn't feel like I was being tactical. It just felt I was running away a lot and then turning around when I had some distance and pinging it with arrows. Whereas even fighting the big T-Rex, wouldn't you know what you're doing? And the big Glinthawks as well. Fuck the Glinthawks. Uh, sorry, the, the, it's not the Glinthawks. The Glinthawks are the little ones. Oh, I right. mean the big fucker. Oh, I'm on about the, the big The Thunderjaw. No. No, that's the... That's the T-Rex. That's, no, the, yeah, that is the T-Rex. You're right, the Thunderjaw. Anyway, the big flying fuckers the big are flying assholes fucker. in the canyon. Yeah. Screw those guys. They once you know what you're doing, once you've got a good arsenal of stuff on your thing, it's not as daunting as it is at the start of the game, and that's how it's good. It's good game design. The first time you see a T-Rex just grazing over there somewhere, you think, "Oh fuck that noise!" No, I'm not going anywhere near that thing. And if it spots you, you shit yourself and you fucking run. Later on, it's still a challenge. It can still kill you quite easily, but you've played it so long, you know, right? If I plant, if I plant these trip wires all around it, and I get this bow, and I shoot it with the electric, so it weakens, so I can pull off the armor, so I can do this and do that. It's very satisfying. Aloy is the best new character of the year, hands down, no competition. And yet, I can't wait for sequels because it's such a smartly designed room. In the same way that when Assassin's Creed starts to crowbar in story from a different time period hmm. that you're not in, that you're not engaged with and can't influence, and it gets really annoying. Complete opposite here. The way they kind of give the slow burn reveal of what happened to the world mm. and, and, and the status quo, and the clever ways they kind of work into it of, like, how would this civilization guess at what we used to do? Yeah, that's true. It's both funny and really interesting at the same time. So, I mean, yeah. I'll give you that. It's, it's a damn good game. It just it didn't ignite me the way I thought it was going to, mm. which is not... It's not a patch against it. The quality on show is yeah. unbelievable. Any other year, this would have walked to the best game of the year. Pretty no much, question yeah. of it. And I cannot tell you how hyped I am for a sequel. I hope they take the time. I don't want this to be some annualised crap. I want them to really sit and think about where they can take this for a sequel. But it's packed with possibilities. Definitely. Maggle. Uh, number two for me is Persona 5. Ah. It, it's single-handedly the best JRPG experience right. you can buy. It's super good. I'm a tune in, am I? To the you talk. No, no. To the point, Darren, I think that if you gave it a try and just just maybe had dealt with a bit more of the... Because it does have a lot of dialogue. Mm. Once you get past that, the, the turn-based gameplay with capture elements, okay. it's something I think that could be up your street. I do like capturing things. You do, yeah. Um, so it's obviously the fifth in the Persona series, if you couldn't tell, but... By no means the fifth, only the fifth game, because there's shit tons of spin-offs and Persona's a mess, right. uh, which is of course a part of the Shin Megami Tensei series, which is it's pretty much dropped at this point. It's gone like we're not a Shin Megami Tensei game, we're a Persona game, and it's single-handedly Atlas's biggest bestseller of all time now. Oh, okay. So it's super, super good, very stylish, great soundtrack. Like y- you do hear a lot of the same songs, but they are very, very, very good songs, so you don't get bored of them. Right. It's presentation's really great. It's art style's very nice. Uh, the cast of characters you can interact with are fantastic. Obviously, this is part dungeon crawling RPG catch 'em all sort of game, mm. and part go to school and be a good upstanding citizen and talk to your friends and maybe French kiss your best one. Like it's that kind of game. It's the life simulator and JRPG combo, which is what makes Persona so oh. interesting. It's so, honestly, it's super good. I need to be open minded about this. Okay, and the characters are. The cast, it's cast of characters maybe aren't as instantly recognisable as the ones from Persona 4, but that's probably because Persona 4's had the benefit of being out for fucking years. Right. That thing came out on the PS2. Just to, Oh. Yeah, seriously. Persona oh. 4's been knocking around since the PS2 days. Right. Admittedly, late stage PS2 days. Okay. But PS2 but still PS2 days. Yeah. Jesus, okay. And its sequel is on the PS4. Wow. Just to give you an idea of how much they milked that one. Uh, but hopefully, uh, this one gets thoroughly milked as well because it's a juicy juicy cow of a game it's it's so good Darren like, I, I can't even stress to you how much of a I was taken aback as somebody who just kind of like passingly enjoys JRPGs the, the top one still being Pokemon this one is a big big game something you can really get your teeth sunk into I'm 65 hours in I may be halfway through Oh, it's a big game oh, and it's God. all and it's all quality none of it sucks okay it's 
It's amazing. It's so good. Good? Ah! I'm, I'm shocked. I'm really shocked. I really, really enjoy it. Thankfully, however, you had the smarts to not do the stupid thing, which is even dare to put anything above their number one game. Ah, oh, joint number one game. Because there can only be one. It's very much a Highlander situation this year, ladies yep. and gentlemen. As much as, again, any of the year, Horizon Zero Dawn, easily game of the year. Not even funny how much that would win. But it didn't stand a chance. Nothing stood a chance no. against the greatest game ever made. From second one. We actually played the first we did. three hours yeah, together, that, yeah. I think. And it's just immediately become a classic. Oh, I'm so giddy. <laughs> yeah, right now. We're talking about Breath of the Wild if you hadn't, Gavin. Obviously. You can go back and listen to my rather one-sided review of this from when we just played it. Um, and I'll tell you now, Michael's brought his Switch. Zelda's sat over there. I haven't played it yet. And I would just stop this podcast right now and play it, to be honest with you. I saw the cartridge and immediately went, lover. Oh, um, <laughs> he did. That's no word of exaggeration. Yep. So I'm going to let you have the floor here, Michael. Um, it's the best game of this year. It's one of the best games ever made. Like- one of... I mean, you know what? You don't have to be as far down the rabbit hole as I am. It's fine. Carry on. No, I mean, in terms of Zelda games, I think this one actually now might be my favourite, taking over like a link between worlds, a link to the past. And for for what it's worth, I really, really enjoyed Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. But I think these this game supersedes that by sort of half reinventing the wheel. It, it's still a very core Zelda game when it, the story rears its head. Yeah. And and the opening, I'd say the opening five hours are very much a classic Zelda game. Yeah. But it's what it does differently that makes it so strong. Look, mm-hmm. with a compelling open world that actually feels like an actual, I hate to use the phrase, but living, breathing world. Yep. In in the same vein, the GTA Five felt like an actual version of the world we live in. This actually feels like a tangible fantasy world. Mm. Something that feels remote and different from what we've seen from Hyrule previously. And it's really, really, really nice just to just go in and just be like, I'm going to discover something and something's going to happen in my playthrough that nobody else is going to view. Mm-hmm. And not in a No Man's Sky, nobody's ever been to this planet type before. No. But in a, we have all of the ingredients here to make something that feels alive, something that feels yeah. full of character. And I'm going to fight things in a different way that other people might fight them. So, like, my opening hours, because obviously we played on the Wii U, and then, you know, I took my Wii U back so mm-hmm. I could play it, and I got down to Ganon. Uh, and then the itch arose, Darren, and I had to buy it for the Switch. Well done. So I bought it for the Switch. And my opening hours have been vastly different. Like, mm. I actually didn't try and brave Mount Hillier at the start just by shoving peppers down my throat and running at full pelt. I took time, I got the warm doublet. Already, my two playthroughs are so vastly different. I'm thinking about doing the Divine Machines in a different order this time around. Ah, it's so good. This is what quality is. This is what happens when... And this is why I think I'll forever forgive Nintendo and Eiji Ayanuma and Shigeru Miyamoto for just being like, yeah, no games this year because we're doing this and it's going to rock. Because 99% of the time they're right. 99% 99% yeah. of the time, you get a game like Breath of the Wild, which yeah. is just instantly recognisable as the peak of what we can achieve. Yeah. It's, again, as far as... This is what EA needs to realise, right? You look at the two best video game producers in the world, being Nintendo and Rockstar. Both of them take their time over everything they do. Both of them are not... Now, admittedly, both have got DLC... Well, actually, no, GTA 5 doesn't. It has the online version, which you can put real money into. Yeah, it doesn't have a story-based DLC like, no, like, like Breath of the Wild like does. Breath of the Wild does. Oh, I haven't played that yet. I haven't played it either. There's more Zelda in the world yeah. than I haven't played. Have you seen what's in it, though? Yeah, I have. <laughs> Fucking bike. Oh, my God, yes, I want please. that thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no predatory tactics. Yes, you can go and spend more money on there. But if you didn't spend money on GTA 5 or Breath of the Wild, you would not feel like you've missed out on anything at all. And let's look at how successful they are. GTA, as I said earlier, million pound turnovers every single day. This and Mario Odyssey have sold Switches by the bucket load. Mm -hmm. When it launched, it only had Breath of the Wild and no one was complaining at all. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was was completely okay with the fact it only had one game (laughs) because that game was the greatest game ever made. So it doesn't matter. This is what EA needs to realise. You can make a lot of money just by making really good games. 
And that's the best thing that we can take away from this. If it, if Legend of Zelda has done anything, it's taught us the old way we used to make video games. Because let's be honest, this is just a HD remake of the first Legend of Zelda. Pretty that's much. all it is. We've just scaled everything up a little bit. And it's worked wonders. It's shifted a console by itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that's it's, it's going to leave a lasting legacy. The only thing I'm worried about, Michael, is how the fuck do you follow this up? Oh, God. What is the sequel to this? What do we do? Other than doubling the map size, I don't know what you can do. Yeah, the it, only it, way is down. <laughs> the only way is down. down. Baby, for you and me now. What do you do with with a game that's this comprehensive? The most gamiest game that ever gamed. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Space. <laughs> oh, God, no. I don't know. Well, the thing is, obviously, there's been a lot of debate of, like, where this sits on the timeline as well. Most people thinking that this is, like, the furthest point in the timeline's future that it can possibly go yep. to. Because that 100-year gap in the story. Yeah. Which, by the way, the story in this is really, really good. Like, for something that only gets drip-fed to you, I feel like it's the most emotive story. Certainly when it involves Zelda. Anything yeah. involving Zelda is phenomenal. If I am to blaspheme, mm-hmm. I think the voice acting was a welcome addition. Wasn't fantastic. No. I don't think. I think the Goron voice was fine, and I liked the um, the Gerudo lady. But I think both the Ruto princess and the asshole Rito were not great. And I think, yeah, for all for all of its positives, I think that is an experiment that didn't go one hundred percent okay. It was fine. It didn't detract all that much, but that's something they can improve on. Mm. I think doubling down on story would be the only logical way to go in the next one. To go because this one basically doesn't really have one. It has a story, but it's very you can ignore it for hundreds of hours basically and not <laughs> yeah. have to touch it. Maybe that's how they do it. They go, they do a hell of a just, right, right. Fuck it. We're going to solve all the timelines. We're going to tie them all together. It's going to be that type of Zelda game. That's maybe where they go, but I don't think we'll be worrying about that question for five years. Well, what was the what was the time gap between this think, and Skyward Sword? I guess uh, a while. That, that, was, mean, that was on the Wii. The entirety of the Wii U. So yeah, the Wii U does not have a Zelda game other than Hyrule Warriors. So yes, you know. it does. It has Sky. It has the best Zelda game of all time. No, it's the, 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 the HD remake. It doesn't count. No, it has Breath of the Wild, Michael. Oh, uh, yeah, that's not what I mean though. Like. It's also a Switch game. It doesn't have a game to call its own. Okay, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we did play it on the Wii U first, didn't we? Yes, we did. Well, we're, we're part of the 1%, Darren. <laughs> the worst console ever <laughs> gets the, the best, best game. game. Oh, oh, that's a life, balancing act. Life is a rich tapestry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyone surprised about this, you really need your head looking at. Um, yeah. What's going to beat this for anything... It might be the best game of 2018, as far as I'm concerned, as well. And just, it's going to be the best game in in perpetuity until the next one comes out, basically. Um, We will be doing a preview podcast of video games, lumped in with a big preview of 2018, where we look at films, TV shows, the works. We're going to be recording that next, and you can find that on our website. What's that, Michael? Uh, that's foulentertainment.com, which, of course, you can also find us on social media under the username FoulENT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Go and hit me up on Twitter and Instagram personally at ThatMikeOwen, and Darren, yours is the Guttridge, I believe? Yes, it is. Uh, if you do go and check out uh, foulentertainment.com, you can also go and read the written version of this, where we also talk about our favourite TV shows of the year. We haven't done a podcast on that one because there's only so much I can talk about The Punisher, but um, yeah, go and check that out. Go and check out all of our other um, preview podcasts and our review podcast of 2017. Go check out our film uh, Best of 2017, and as I said, stay tuned for our preview of 2018. Thanks for listening to Bay Bittersweet. Bye, everybody! Bye! Bye!